Great West College Hockey Podcast from the Summer Skate Studios is brought to you by Liberty University. Bring your faith and your game to the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast. See us at liberty.edu. M-Drive, honest ingredients, real science. Take our quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which of our products are right for you. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, with Caesars Rewards members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. UNLV Hockey, follow the Skate and Rebels championship run all season long. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Drury and Suites, travel happy again. Book your room at one of our over 150 locations at druryhotels.com. Burrito Express, your local burrito joint with six East Valley locations. University of Arizona Hockey, be a part of building not just a championship culture, but the future. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org. Summer Skates, order your custom koozies or shower shoes at SummerSkates.com and show your game in comfort and style. Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, your next Allegiant Stadium event, or catering your office party. We are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. Ah, welcome in, hockey fans. Indeed it is. This is uh, podcasting after dark, as we like to call it, on the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Scott Strandy with you tonight in Denver, Colorado. Uh, Stephen Marsh, I believe, is in Las Vegas, Nevada. So, Stephen, how are you? And did you avoid dust storms and thunderstorms today? Yes, yes. For the most part, yes. Uh, there was a couple of spots in my travels today where it rained up, came down pretty good, but but survived it. Um, you know, you mentioned the podcasting after dark. Well, in the words of the voice you just heard and open the show, uh, it's just another night for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he's always in the dark. Oh, cha-ching. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, so I just got back from Colorado Springs for the second night in a row as I watched Team USA win game number two in the under-17 Five Nations tournament. Don't you ever uh, take a night off? Ah, jeez. It's the summer. Shush. There's no hockey going on, right? Shush. Oh, wait, there is. <laughs> ah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, as I was uh, between the two games today, I was watching the little uh, uh, World Junior Championships and uh, keeping myself up to date on what's going on with one Connor Bedard and the Canadian team. Um, and tomorrow night, of course, the USA will be back in action. I will tell you tonight, Stephen, the, uh, the Five Nations Tournament, the uh, the USA looked a little bit sluggish tonight, and I think it might be because they played a uh, exhibition game on Sunday night. They took Monday off with just a practice. Then they uh, played a game Tuesday, and now they played Wednesday. And um, the Swiss kind of took it to them tonight. They were flying. But uh, on the other hand, the Swiss played last night but didn't arrive in Colorado Springs until Monday. So they were really uh, struggling yesterday. Uh, actually, they played Slovakia, and they were both struggling. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty bizarre. But anyway, um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. We got uh, some great guests coming on, uh, some guys that played in the tournament in Israel, and we're going to let them uh, talk about it. I believe we got two of the three tonight, and the, th- the third one will be on t- uh, next week with us. But uh, we have a gold medal medal winner and a silver medal winner, both from the Arizona Wildcats. How's that sound? Yeah, I like it. I think anytime we can talk with gold medalists and a silver medalist and whatever it may be, it's uh, it's always a a great uh, honor and a dist- and uh, yeah. Yeah, so we'll look forward to having uh, those two gentlemen on in just a minute. Uh, the ACHA also made an announcement today that they're adding some new teams, which is always good because our goal is to grow the game in the West. So the more teams that we can add, the better. Um, so uh, we're looking forward to that. Um, we- I understand it's kind of what we already know, though, right, in, in our area anyway. Right, so especially for the M1 level, that's uh, pretty much we knew – the uh, the additions there, um, they're gonna add four programs in 22, 23, all moving up from M2. We already 
knew about this when it was announced earlier this year, San Diego State University of Oregon, of course, which we're bringing into to our coverage uh, umbrella, which is uh, getting bigger and bigger. It's, it's like the Mary Poppins umbrella that she pulls out of her, her bag. It just, <laughs> it just She comes down from the sky. <laughs> it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. That is a great idea. We can drop you from a private jet somewhere, and you can just come down on a parachute or an umbrella. Oh, I... Oh, I'd love it. That would be that would be the, the that would be the prime way to, to travel. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just make sure so, don't, don't let go of the umbrella. But yeah, so uh, San Diego State University of Oregon, Purdue University, Northwest College of New Jersey, uh, starting uh, M1 play this season. Uh, we lose a couple of teams at the M1 level. Iowa State uh, University is not going to play teams, and there's been some news about that, which people can look up and maybe we share a future show. There's been some issues with that uh, school and some things there, so they're they're going to not play this upcoming season i think a lot of it not by their choice but by circumstances and then lindenwood university as we know uh the m1 team that they did have of course has been promoted to ncaa so um and then they're not going to feel the m1 team so they'll i think they'll have some division two and stuff team but uh, they're not going to have a maybe in the future they will but just not for this season probably too quick to to get things going and ready to go so yeah let me tell you a little bit about that i stopped in to see coach sambo on my way back from uh, detroit or plymouth michigan uh last week and when i stopped in there he was talking about just how much of a scramble it was to get ready um so uh it was uh kind of crazy that uh that uh, it kind of caught him by surprise i i think he knew what it was going to take but their announcement was so late in the year that it was hard for them to schedule games. And as you remember, they were gone and then back and then gone and then back again, I believe is how it went. Um, so it's uh, it's a bit difficult for them to, to field an M1 ACHA team at this moment. And by golly, they have the strongest schedule, the toughest schedule in all of NCAA hockey. How do you want to play that one out? <laughs> yeah, well, that's, uh, I guess if you're going to, you're gonna start uh, your NCAA uh, history. You might as well start uh, start on the uh, rough. I'll start on the the difficult side, not start not to ease in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so. there's difficult, and then there's the hardest schedule in NCAA hockey. But anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, let's so, bring it back to ACHA. So what what I what we get at now is that there's going to be 70 teams at the uh, Division One level, men's at one level for. Uh, uh, 70 teams for this upcoming uh, season. Um, the other other divisions have added too, but of course we focus a lot on Division One, so we'll kind of stop there. But people want to see the full. Uh, want to go to the ACHA website. There's a whole thing about uh, teams that are coming. I guess the other significant thing I'll share is uh, let's see here. Uh, Division Three is adding uh, nine new programs, so they're going to have over 100 uh, teams at that level. Uh, Maryville is getting a, a division is adding a Division Three team. Um, Let's see if there's other teams that stick out. Colorado College, which of course has an NCAA team, they're going to add an ACHA uh, Division three team. Uh, so let's see, Loyal University of Maryland. Of course, we talk about women's too. Uh, they're going to add five new programs at the at the, the women's Division one level. So that's good because there has there's not too many of those right now. So they're adding women's teams. So that's that's good for for uh, for that side of things. And so that's going to be 34 teams now, which is the highest number of uh, ACHA women's one members since 2006-2007. So those uh, new teams are going to be University of Jamestown, uh, Lake Superior State University, Aurora University, Montana State University, and the University of Wyoming. So for teams like ASU, who has a women's team, and and I think uh, it was Grand Canyon, Canyon, Colorado. Colorado, Colorado, uh, having Especially having a team like Montana and University of Wyoming, not horrendously too far away. I mean, you know, it's a little bit of a travel, but at least you have some teams that are kind of a little bit closer geographically that maybe you can start start playing as well and that are at the yeah. same level as you are. So that's uh, that's good for for the women's side of things and especially at the Division One level. So okay, well, let's not wait any longer. Let's bring on our guest or guests, however many we have, <laughs> and we'll see what's going on in the world of wildcat hockey and playing hockey in Israel in July. I just want to know all about that. So let's find out. Um, who do we got with us tonight? We, I, I, I know uh, Jesse is coming on tomorrow night. Do we have Dane or do we have uh, Brody with us right now? It's uh, Brody. What's going Brody, on? how are you? Brody Selman, correct? Yes. Awesome. Well, first of all, congratulations on winning a gold medal. 
Thank you. I think that was, uh, that was incredible. So, um, I don't know if we have Dane with us uh, yet or not, or if we're getting him next week too. But anyway, Brody, if you, if you're the lone, uh, I'm sorry, Duke, not Dane. (laughs) Why am I saying Dane? (laughs) Anyway, the executive producer correcting you there. Good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's getting late. It's getting late. Um, Anyway, Brody, congratulations on the gold. Tell us about playing in Israel in July. Um, it was it was unbelievable. It was my first time over there, uh, overseas to begin with. Um, just uh, the whole country just welcomes you with open arms. Um, and playing hockey was so cool. They actually uh, transformed their professional basketball arena into the um, where the hockey rink was supposed to is. So it was a. Uh, it's uh, I had twelve thousand seats, so it was super cool to play in, in a big arena and in front of fans. Um, just it was an unbelievable experience. Okay, give me the pronunciation because I've heard the pronunciation of the event uh, a million different ways. How is it pronounced correctly? Um, it, it can go both ways, Maccabee or Maccabi. Uh, okay, I normally go with Maccabee. Maccabee. Okay, let's go with Maccabee for the almost sake like of McAfee, the uh, the antivirus <laughs> software, but M- Maccabee. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Easy to remember if people if, if if people that need stuff easy to remember like yourself maybe Scott. You know, <laughs> Maccabee, yeah. McAfee. <laughs> I need all kinds of stuff to remember, like probably part of a recharge brain, but especially doing okay. a podcast at ten ten uh, forty Central to, or uh, a Mountain Time nine. See, you need one too. Yeah, all do. right, I do. Let, let's get. Back back to talking hockey with Brody. So, so Brody, first of all, tell us how you got selected to, to play on this, uh, this roster and, uh, and then follow that up with what it means to wear red, white, and blue, no matter where you're playing and what kind of event it is. Yeah. So, um, we got a, we got an email for about a year and a half ago asking us to try out, um, last, uh, so the tryouts were last June. Um, there was probably about, uh, I would say, there was probably five full teams with 20 guys on there. And then they cut the roster down. I actually um, made the, made the roster first as an alternate. And then um, they watched me play the first uh, few months at Arizona. And I, I got the call saying that I was actually going to be on the team and head to Israel, which was super exciting. Actually, it was, it was funny. We were uh, reading, reading, it was October. We were reading Halloween books to uh, elementary school and, and uh, that's when I found out and Coach Berman announced it in front of the little kids, which was pretty special and a moment I won't forget to. Um, but wearing, wearing the colors, uh, anytime you get to put red, white, and blue on is just such an incredible experience. Just throwing the jersey over your shoulders and seeing the, the USA on your chest is something I'll never forget and you can't ever take for granted. All right, Stephen, jump on in. Well, I want to ask, like, so so you get that news and then – so what is the – Take us a little bit beyond that then, and what was the process like the next few months getting you know everything situated, travel arrangements, getting passports, whatever? I mean, um, I mean, this, it said this was your first time out of the country, so I'm sure it was a little bit of a, of a process to, to kind of get everything to come together so you're able to, to actually go over there and play. Yeah, as soon as I uh, got informed that I was going to be on the team, they sent out a huge itinerary of what we needed to get done, and obviously the passport was huge. And I did that over winter break when I got home. And um, then they sent out all the flight information and, and what time training camp would be and what, where to report to. And um, yeah, so we got training camp was uh, early, uh, sorry, late June, June 30th. We got there and we skated twice. And then we got on a flight to Israel. So so let's talk about that flight right from the get-go. That That's not like just going from... Uh, um, Tucson to Minot. <laughs> what was that like, and uh, and how did it go? Was it comfortable? Did you uh, handle it okay? Yeah, it was an eleven hour flight. Um, we weren't uh, we weren't too lucky. Uh, I had to uh, I had to sit in the middle, but it wasn't too bad. Uh, it was good though. We bonded on the plane. I think uh, it was. I mean, eleven hours sitting with with new guys. You get to hear different stories and connect with different guys from all over, different schools, different states. So it was unique to do that and just use the time to just get to know everyone. And for those that don't know you, you are a New Jersey kid, correct? Correct. Uh, tell us about coming from New Jersey to Arizona first, and then we'll get into these games and how they all played out because we know you came home with gold. 
Yeah, um, I was playing playing juniors in Jersey, um, about an hour away from home, and um, Burns Burns gave me a call. And I think when you hear University of Arizona, you don't really think hockey. The first uh, first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> But I think after a few calls with him and doing research, it was a no-brainer, and it's where I wanted to be. Just, this program is incredible, and it's it's only going further and further, and I'm excited to get going this year too. So when you get to Arizona for the first time, had you been here before? And, and uh, secondly, if you hadn't, what were your thoughts on the weather conditions and the university and all that? Never to the University of Arizona, but I, I was here when I was little. My uh, uncle, my great uncle had a ranch up in Scottsdale. So I was here a few times and obviously I knew the weather and I knew, you know, there was a lot of cactuses. But other than that, I'd never been to Tucson. So it was uh, it was quite, quite a special coming here the first time, though. You get off the plane and you see all U of A signs and it's uh, as soon as you get off the plane, it just it's you see the a and it's super special to see and you're just a part of a huge community all right steven jump in well okay so we already kind of know how this story ends we know you get the goal and we'll we'll get to the whole experience but i, I guess i want to ask a kind of a uh, we, we see Olymp- we see athletes uh in the olympics when they t- win the gold when they appear on stuff they they always have the the medal around their neck they're sure they're pri- you know they're, they're they're proud of that medal is that the, was that the same with you when you got that medal? Could was it hard to find you without it for a period of time? Did you sleep and sleep with it around your neck a few nights? <laughs> what was all that like? <laughs> uh, I think yeah, I, I think just winning any any championship is super special, um, and especially a gold in Israel wearing a United States of America jersey. I think it it was just incredible to have that experience, and I think for for me personally. Um, I told I told my grandpa because he's super connected with Israel and uh, loves just loves being Jewish. Uh, I told him before I left. I said, "Hey, pops, uh, when I get back, I'm going to put the medal around your neck." So I think for me, <laughs> I think for me, it was a little it was a little more special just kind of just to complete that goal that I had and share that experience with him. But yeah, I, I wore it around for probably a few days after. I think. Uh, we wore it out that night, and then uh, we wore it in the airport. So it was pretty cool. Now, when the when the when the Arizona season starts this fall, are you going to be roaming in, coming into the the locker room to practices and having the, you and uh, <laughs> wearing the, wearing your medals and show, showing it off to your other teammates? <laughs> no, no, it's time to turn the page. It's all about U of A hockey now. So, but that medal's at home, so it's uh, it's safe. Okay, so let me ask you this. You had a teammate because you had Jesse Lowell playing with you, but you also had an Arizona teammate on the Canadian team. Was that strange? Did you guys uh did it bother you? Did you did you want to drop the gloves with them? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's hockey, so it gets competitive. I think uh especially playing Duke, he's a great player. Uh he's skilled. Every time he's out on the ice, you notice, but um yeah, I mean, it's it was fun just competing with him. And uh, just, uh, you know, giving him a hit, giving him a shove was fun. And um, we actually got into it. It was the first first game we played each other. And uh, he tells me that I elbowed his player, but I don't think <laughs> I did. And uh, they both took us for uh, coincidentals, and we were chirping back and forth in the penalty box. So something I won't forget. <laughs> I love it. Um, so let, give us a little more information about Israel. First of all, you fly over there. It's 11 hours. You land. Um, what are things like? And, and was it what you expected or what you visualized? Or, or were things quite different? Um, I would say that it was a little different than what I expected. It was um, it was for sure more, um, you know, city-like than I would, would have thought it was. Um, just just the whole experience of going to Israel is super cool. I mean, even going through security, they're very, they're very cutthroat and saying, Hey, what are you coming here for? They're, they're trying to protect, you know, their small country. That's always constantly under attack. And, uh, there's just such a sense of pride and, and the way they live out there is so different and they're just very caring. Um, they welcome everyone with open arms and it's just very unique and, and awesome to see. I'm going to beat Steven to the punch on this one. How was food? 
Was the food what you expected as well? Because a lot of times you go to a different country. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's your heritage, right? And and uh, there's certain types of foods I'm sure that you like. But um, how was the food for you guys? The food was all right. Uh, a lot of, I mean, you know, you pick your battles. There was a lot of rice and, and meat and fish. It was funny, though. Uh, Jesse and I, we went to this place called The Shook. And he kept telling me, oh, you got to try this. You got to try this. It was called shawarma. And uh, he he was a big fan of it, and I looked at him and I said, "Hey Jess, I don't think I can have another bite of this. This is this is not my uh, cup of tea." <laughs> um, <laughs> so he took mine, but yeah, um, the food the food was um, just a lot of rice and chicken, like I said. Um, for there's no pizza there though; you can't get that. No pizza, no 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 Chick Fil A. I bet there's a McDonald's there though, right? Is there at least a McDonald's there? There was, and believe it or not, it's a little more fancy than uh, it is over here. <laughs> so maybe you got some, at least maybe you got at least a Big Mac or so, at least a McDonald's meal in or two. <laughs> yeah, maybe one or two. Don't tell Coach. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the teams that participated. First of all, how many teams were there? And uh, did you know other players, A, on your team and, and maybe on, on the opposing teams? Yeah, there was, um, there was obviously – us, there was Team Israel, there was Team Europe, and, and Team Canada. I uh, Going into it, I knew a few guys on my team because I grew up playing with them and I actually trained um, with one of them in the summer. Canada, I obviously knew my teammate and um, from Europe and Israel. I didn't know anyone, but um, before the game started, I actually got pretty close with one kid from Israel, Team Israel, and he's actually on their national team as well. Just cool to pick his brain about how hockey is over there. So on the ice, everything pretty much the same. I mean, the ice conditions were good, and obviously they had a bunch of people uh, to watch. So that had to be nice, uh, a lot like Arizona when you guys uh, pack it as well. Yeah, it was it was super cool experience, and I mean, just you know, getting that experience of playing in front of a crowd at school, and then um, playing in front of a crowd in Israel, especially the uh, the other boys on my team weren't used to it, so. You know, Jesse and I kind of knew how to play in front of a crowd, which was, uh, you know, it helped our game in, the, in that gold medal game, just kind of just playing our own style. But, you know, the I think the thing that was most special about, you know, the, the Maccabee tournament was that every athlete there is Jewish. And even you look around in the stands, mostly everyone is Jewish. So it was super cool to just experience that. I've never experienced something like that in my life. And just a number of talented hockey players, obviously, because the games are fairly competitive, right? I mean, you guys uh, went at it pretty hard with everybody you played? Yeah, the games were, were pretty uh, competitive. I would say, obviously, the gold medal one was, was the closest just because everyone's adrenaline's going and, you know, there's something on the line. When, what is the – what was the, the – was there anything different about the way the, the game was played? I mean, uh, you know, just – being over there, I mean, I, you know, especially you guys all came from, from the States, but just maybe some of the other teams. Anything differently that you had to adjust for playing in a tournament like this? I would just say understanding the uh, double IHF uh, rule book. You know, as a center, you can't use your feet over there. So that was hard to adjust. And, you know, the ref gives you a few warnings, but you still want to do it. So you gotta you got to pay attention to the little details like that. But other than that, um, I mean, same, same game as usual. And then what... A- Tell, tell me a little bit about the makeup of the team. So, uh, the especially for Team USA, uh, you were ACHA players, um, um, other college players. What was the makeup of the the, the, the players, where they came from, uh, to comprise your guys' team? Yeah, we had a couple uh, NCAA D1 guys, a couple uh, NCAA D3 guys, a bunch of ACHA guys, and we had one guy that's actually going to play pro in Europe this upcoming season. Yeah, that's a pretty good roster. <laughs> yeah. uh, tell, um, ice surface, was it uh, NHL size, Olympic size? It was Olympic size. Was that more difficult to get used to? Yeah, I, I would say so. Just kind of, you know, time and space out there and taking time and space away was just a little adjustment, but you got used to it quick. Good thing you play, good thing you play some games in Utah before because that, that's an Olympic size ice up there. <laughs> yep. Okay, so uh, what what were some of the things that you got to experience off the ice? Because I'm sure it wasn't just tied to just uh, just playing hockey, right? 
Yeah, just uh, connecting, connecting with the culture and the state of Israel. We uh, we went on a lot of hikes. Um, super cool. Um, just you know, there's so much history in Israel. Just walking the grounds is just unique, and and the architect there is is very just eye opening. It's just a cool experience off the ice, just as on the ice. Can you give us one thing that you really thought was cool and it just you're never going to forget it other than winning the gold? Um, I would honestly say the Dead Sea. You you go out there and you just float. It's it's crazy. <laughs> warm the water, warm and everything. The water was warm. Yeah, it's 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 just so hard to explain because you're walking out there and you feel like you're going to fall and then you finally just float on your back and you just stay there. <laughs> that had to be so cool. I can only imagine. Uh, so how many days start to finish were you there? It was about three, three weeks. Then you got to come home again. You got to make that flight. Uh, how long did it take you to get adjusted back to, uh, to life back here in the States? Yeah, I went, I went back home to Jersey for about uh, eight days. And then a lot of the boys came out here started training and getting ready for the season. So I had to adjust back to Arizona time from the East coast. Well, apparently Jesse's in Chicago and he couldn't adjust to the time tonight. I, I really put him up against it. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Let's get back to talking some wildcat hockey now, because it sounds like that experience is something you're going to carry over, but I know you guys didn't finish where you wanted to last year. You got to the national tournament, you gained more experience, but uh, you guys have bigger goals in Tucson than uh, than where you finished last year, right? Obviously, I think uh, we fell short of where we wanted to be, and uh, this this core is motivated, and we're ready to come into this season. And I think we just, I think our our motivation is just one game at a time, and I think everyone put in the work this this off season, and there's just such a belief in this group that we can win it all. What's what's one area of uh, focus that you guys will need to to really hone in on to to have a, a a good season? You know what, on the offensive side, defensive end, whatever that may be. What what is one thing that you that needs to be improved? I would just say playing a full sixty minutes. I think uh, last year there was there were spurts where we were amazing, and then we would take you know eight minutes off in a game, and that's where good teams will put the puck in the back of the net. So I think just playing a full 60 minutes, one shift at a time, and uh, we'll build it, build that core from there. And, you know, I think for us as a group, especially bringing in these new kids is just setting that bar high of coming into work every day and just giving it your best. So let me ask you this, Brody, when you, uh, you look at the roster and you look at the uh, the competition in your conference, I think you might have the best conference now in all of ACHA D1. And Stephen just mentioned before uh, you came on that there's now 70 teams in ACHA D1 hockey. So to win that championship is, is pretty cool. I mean, that's, that's more teams than there are in NCAA hockey. But uh, how does that conference that you play in with Central Oklahoma and UNLV and Arizona State and on and on and on, how does that prepare you to uh, get to a national tournament? Yeah, I think, honestly, every game is like a playoff hockey game in our conference this year, especially with all the uh, great teams we have. I think come tournament time, too, it prepares us because we're going to see a UNLV, we're going to see all those other teams, and we're going to be just as strong, and if not better than those guys. I just came back from Michigan. I stopped in to see Adrian. You guys are going to play them on a uh, <laughs> a third game in three nights. And uh, they they told me that they are also doing the same thing. They're playing two nights before they play you, but they're obviously playing at home. So um, getting out to an early start and playing competition like that doesn't hurt either, does it? No, not at all. I think we're all very excited to get out there. And playing those three games in, in three nights uh, is kind of a good preparation for the national tournament because of that, that grind it is when you have to play all those games in such a short period of time. Yeah, I agree. I think especially just having that experience from last year, 
it is a grind and I think it's all about just preparing your body for the next day and, and helping you succeed for the next game. Okay, so you're you're at Arizona now, but you see the plans for the future uh, with the new building, the new double sheeted rinks, and a, a new home for Arizona hockey. Um, I, I talked to guys at Arizona State, the NCAA program, because they're getting a new building now too, and some of them started it, and, and they feel a little jealous that they're not going to be able to play in that new building, but they also feel a sense of pride that they built and helped build that new building, if you will. What's your thoughts and uh, and how excited are you to see the program be able to move to that level? Yeah, I think it's it's something you dream about, just getting your own rank as a college. It's going to be awesome just going into the rank and seeing the, the U of A logo all over, having it the center ice, having our, our own locker room where we can have access to it 24-7. But I think that the players before me – built the way and, and paved the way for this opportunity because without them and without their, you know, without their support and their efforts on the ice, we probably wouldn't have had an opportunity like this. Okay. I'll let you go with my final one. Tell us a little bit about coach Berman and playing for him because him and I have become very good friends over the last seven years. And um, I, I always tell him, I said, if, if I had eligibility left coach, I'd come down there and play for you even even 40 years later <laughs> because because I just think he runs a great program and has a lot of fun. But uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Coach Berman and what he means to you and the program and how difficult uh, it really is for him to run it almost as a one-man show right now. Yeah, he's the definition of a player's coach. Everyone loves him. Everyone wants to play for him and go to battle for him. Uh, he does. He does run an unbelievable program. He does everything for us, and you know, I don't think we're, I don't know where this program would be without him. Okay, take yeah. me inside. Uh, there was a game this past season where you guys, uh, where Coach Berman gets kicked down. Of course, he's the only coach you guys have on the bench there, so you guys are, don't have a coach on the bench. So how did that go? The last little bit of the game was was the captains running the show. What was what was? Take us through that a little bit when when he couldn't be on the bench with you, and it was just you guys on the bench for yourselves. Yeah, actually, our captains uh, stepped up and kind of were calling the shots, and uh, we had to kill off a five-on-three penalty, and we actually tied the game, which was insane just to think that we had no coach and we were shorthanded five-on-three. But, yeah, that's something I've never experienced before, but the resiliency on the bench was something I'll never forget. Brody, we especially uh, appreciate you spending some time with us late night as we do the podcast late night. Normally we go 7.30 Mountain Time. So uh, I was down uh, at Colorado Springs with the uh, under-17 junior team in the Five Nations tournament. So we appreciate you spending some time with us. Congratulations again on winning that gold and uh, the the very special trip. And uh, I'm sure it's something you'll never forget. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. That's Brody Selman with the University of Arizona and a gold medalist. You can't say that often. So it's great to be able to visit uh, with that's that. One, that's one more. He's got one more gold medal than I do. <laughs> uh, me too, by the way. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> All right. We'll take between a quick the three break. Of, between the three of us, there was one gold medalist, uh, one gold medal, which is, which is pretty nice. nice. Gosh, you're, you're really a good mathematician at 11.04 Mountain Time. <laughs> All right. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, talk a little more Great West College Hockey Podcast in just a few minutes. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest. And they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Your hometown hockey team, your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions. 
your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Play at the premier ACHA D1 men's program on the East Coast and prepare yourself for life and career at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Sellout crowds, top competition, and championship aspirations await you on our picturesque campus with state-of-the-art facilities, gifted faculty, and over 700 programs of study to help you make an impact on and off the ice, as well as your community training as a champion for Christ. If your faith in yourself and your beliefs are equally as strong, see if Liberty Hockey and Liberty University is right for you. Visit us at liberty.edu. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. From the Summer Skate Studios, this is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Indeed it is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. A little late tonight. Uh, we're doing a little podcasting after dark. Scott Strandy with you in Denver, Colorado. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, where I understand um, there's some storms going on here and there. So you guys need the moisture, right? You need to fill up that big lake next to you. Yeah, we need we need it to rain for probably about ten years straight. Then we might finally get that lake uh, full again. <laughs> but but we'll take any rain we can we can get for sure because uh, we don't want to keep seeing bodies get uh, washed up here because it's getting so low. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to even hear about that. I I hear about it here in Denver too that we uh, <laughs> that things are happening there. So well, yeah, how about yeah? Get... How about you where you are? Because I I was watching the news and there was some pretty bad flooding your way yeah right uh in the center of denver basically completely missed me i mean i got probably i don't know tenth of an inch maybe but yeah there was some flooding right off i-70 running right through the center of denver and um yeah it can it can pour sometimes here too the the thing with denver is it, you, you, know, you can't escape it you know you you get away from the monsoonal arizona weather and and then you're in colorado where you're getting it too yeah, it's weird, though, because it, it'll come in, in spots, real spotty, more spotty than even Arizona, and it disappears just about as quickly. So although the people that were flooded really got it hard, I mean, they got like, it was like an hour of just deluge of rain and uh, and the underpasses flooded and everything else. And you think that's bad, Stephen. There was a, a truck hauling a, a large piece of uh, earth-moving equipment that uh, was barreling down I-25, and it was up too high, and it hit the bridge and uh, ripped this big earth-moving machine off the, the trailer, unfortunately killed a person uh, in a vehicle and uh, severely injured another person. So I know there's at least two people 
uh, one that perished and one that uh, was critically injured because of it. But man, never even slowed down. He was just tooling through at 65, 70 miles an hour and hit the bridge. So, yeah, it's some some bizarre things going on. But let's get back to hockey because uh, that's what we do here. <laughs> so I'm seeing tryout camp starting. I saw Arizona State listed a tryout camp uh, coming up. But classes are about to start here at the end of this month. Um, and all of a sudden, they're going to be playing hockey again. How good do you think the Western Collegiate Hockey League is going to be this year? Oh, gosh. I, I really think it's going to be even better than it was last year, which is uh, saying something because uh, it was really good last season. And, you know, we had, what, four four teams in the in the tournament and really had one on the The 20-team tournament. <laughs> the 20-team tournament, right. And you had one that was kind of right there in the mix. Um, Arizona State is going to be much improved. I mean, when they made their – the coaching change uh they were really a better team in that later part of the season a dangerous team too and had they not had not for a, a rougher start to the season they they would have been right in the uh, conversation too so uh you got utah who's really been improving their their roster glancing over some some of the uh, additions they're they're making uh we know what unlv is doing and and uh, the additions that they're making <laughs> as they have aspirations for certain things and uh, and obviously winning a championship is one of those at the ACHA level and the moves they're, ma- they're making are reflecting that uh Arizona has been, been busy and and we and we know what they're trying to do so uh Arizona State uh and let's not forget about our friends at Central Oklahoma Central who won Oklahoma the that, Western <laughs> Western right, Collegiate the, Hockey the uh, ACHA runners up for the Division 1 and and certainly won the WCHL this past season and uh, I'm sure they're going to be uh, just as good, if not a little bit better. Uh, so there's going to be, um, there's going to be. And our friends at Missouri State. In Missouri State. I even think Oklahoma could be. It could uh, be a better. And team. Oklahoma's and got then, a new coach. They're right, uh, a new coach. Yeah. They're going to be uh, primed to uh, to be no. better. And they'll be um, coming out. They'll be coming out to Las Vegas this year to play UNLV. So. And I think uh, I think both Colorado and Colorado State will be yeah. much improved. I think. So. Uh, as Coach Berman likes to tell us every time he's on, a high tide rises all ships, and and I really think that's what's happening. I, I don't think you're gonna and and Brody basically hit on that as well. It's like you're not gonna be able to take a night off. It's gonna be playoff hockey every night in the WCHL. And, and we and Grand Cannon's always a kind of a wild card too because it's always very interesting with them because you know they're still fairly new at the at the Division One level, but it's like. They're in. They're in a lot of games, and then they get blown out in some games. But they're in a lot of games, especially at home. That's not an easy place to play. I mean, uh, you know, I I'll speak from UNLV's perspective because that's the team I've followed most closely over the last few years. But just seeing them when they go in into they they usually come out with a win. But I, I remember one time. I think it was a couple of years ago. It was Grand Canyon's first game at home. I think at the Division One level, they're playing UNLV. They're up like four nothing in the third period. I mean, they were. Uh, Taking it to UNLV, and then then somehow UNLV came back and, and won that game. But I mean, so Grand Canyon has been in a lot of games, and they, they may not end up winning them, but but they uh so they uh, if they can figure out a way to 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 change some aspects there where they can close off some games where they can where they were ahead and maybe gave up a lead or you know maybe in closer games they can get the the edge. Uh, I think Grand Canyon can be can be improved. We'll have to see how how they stack up against the other teams, but. Um, I'm always intrigued by by them because it's just like they're 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 a fun group of players, and I think uh, you're just waiting for them to kind of be in the mix, and uh, you know they and they are, but just they just can't seem to to be the one of the top echelon teams. But uh, I think their time will come. So, but so I even them there could be a dangerous team. So I mean, yeah, it's not no easy games in the WCHL uh, for sure. Yeah, totally agree with you. Okay, I want to tease a couple of uh, uh, things <clears throat> schedule-wise. I got a text message today from somebody in Prescott Valley. I think everybody knows who I'm talking about. And he said the discussions are back on for the possibility of a December 10th game at that beautiful facility in Prescott Valley um, between a couple of ACHA teams. I'm not going to divulge who they are yet until uh, all the details are worked out and it actually happens. But uh, he did send me a... Uh, Cross your fingers that it happens because they're excited to have hockey 
college hockey back in Prescott Valley. So we'll hope for that. And uh, and hopefully uh, December 10th is a day that actually comes to fruition. Yeah, because um, last year last year it was it was something that was in the works and actually was scheduled and then just didn't didn't get, yeah it was get uh, yeah just Some, didn't uh, just didn't happen. We'll leave it at that. that. So so <sighs> but, but we put that out there. People understand that is this has uh, happened uh, before where it's it's been planned. And I'm not being pessimistic here. It'd be great if it can get done. But um, so hopefully this time it it will happen. Okay, and then the other thing that I think is is really cool is Arizona is, as we mentioned, going to play um, two games in, uh, I think, at Dearborn, Michigan-Dearborn, and then they're going to play at Adrian. And uh, I did the feature on Adrian because I just, I want people to know that you don't have to have all the money in the world. You don't have to have the best rinks in the world. If And the title of my feature was uh, Where There's a Will, or where there's a will, there's a way. And uh, clearly, clearly, as Gary Estalis told us last week on the show, they have the will at Adrian College uh, to, to get it done. So uh, I don't want people to use that as excuses. Like, yeah, we can't do it because it's too expensive or we don't have enough ice surfaces. They use that ice, uh, Stephen, from 6 a.m. to midnight uh, during the college, uh, when college is in session at Adrian. So Arizona will be making a trip out there. And then of course we know with UNLV, they're playing um, one, two, three games against uh, four games against NCAA, four, yeah. right? Four games. What Denver and to start the season, they're going to do two in Alaska and then they're going to do, uh, they're going to do one in, uh, in Vegas against Alaska. So, and then here's what I really like about that. Arizona's trying to work on uh, one of those games as well, and I haven't gotten details on whether that's actually happened or not. But then, um, so you got the cross-pollination, if you will, of NCAA and ACHA M1. But then you got a team like Liberty that's going to make the stretch and come all the way across the country to, to Vegas. They're going to play a game against uh, Alaska Anchorage, and then they're going to play two against UNLV, and they're going to try to make it a – a celebration of Liberty hockey in, in Vegas. Yeah, that that's, that's another exciting uh, weekend I'm looking forward to because uh, Liberty is a, one of the top premier teams in the ACHA. Uh, they, they've played UNLV. They've, they've really established a good rivalry with them over the last, uh, I guess, season or so. And uh, it's exciting that they're going to come out here to play UNLV and also get to play an NCAA program, and uh, and Liberty has almost ran like an NCAA program too, just the w- way that they they operate, and certainly they their benefit from getting good production in their home games. It's like e- it's ESPN quality broadcast because it is on ESPN three online, so it's uh, it's it's really good, and so they're gonna come out here and they're gonna play uh, they're gonna play UNLV and they're gonna play. Uh, you know, they're going to play the Alaska school. So that's uh, that's going to be exciting. And uh, I know that we've talked about this before, but they're making a big push to get uh, a, big, a big event of it, some, do some golf stuff out here with the alumni of, of Liberty. To, Can you to play golf out. in Vegas, especially in the fall and winter? Uh, it's, it's tough, Scott. It's, it's tough. Uh, there's just too many courses to, to, to hone down on one, so that, that makes it tough. And, and the weather, yeah, the weather's probably about seventies and and eighties. So it's uh, it it's, some days it's windy though. You got you got to be careful oh, yeah. when it's windy though. Yeah, that that definitely can have wind there. So yeah. okay. okay. Um, the other thing that that I kind of want to the point that I was trying to get at with this is that uh, seven years ago, and it'll be seven years here um, in just a few days. Uh, what we started this company, and uh, when. Uh, I looked at the teams then in ACHA, Steve, and I'll be honest with you, I was nervous because I was going like, yeah, I know ASU is having an NCAA program, but how are we going to cover ACHA hockey? Because quite honestly, it didn't appear that they were taking it all that seriously. Well, now you look at the WCHL being probably the top conference in all of uh, uh, M1 hockey and ACHA, but they're now cross-pollinating not only with NCAA, but with the top teams in M1 hockey at the ACHA level, and that cross-pollination tells me that they've made huge strides. And you know it. You've well, seen what's happened at UNLV, and we've seen what uh, Chad Berman's done at Arizona, and, and ASU kind of having to kickstart it again after um, you know their program bumped up to an NCAA level, but now with the new building and 
more ice sheets and better ice sheets, that's only going to help them. And obviously UNLV strides have been huge and uh, Missouri State and Central Oklahoma and Colorado, Colorado State, Utah. I mean, just go down the list. Grand Canyon, everybody's making strides. And uh, I guess if your goal was to start a company and help and hope that you could watch the game grow, um, I think we've seen it in seven years. Is this the is this the part where you, you pat yourself on the back? <laughs> No, no, no. I had <laughs> clearly nothing to do with it, but I'm just no, saying not, it, it's really fun. It's fun to watch yeah. it grow because, um, you know, people well, said and people told us, you remember in the pandemic, we were wondering about how would we even do shows during the pandemic? Because, um, you know, were teams going to be around? Were they just going to quit and fold and say, we can't do this? And just the opposite. Well, it'd be fun happened. to go back and li li listen to those shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we were nervous. Remember when they canceled the, the tournament in, in uh, Texas and we we're going, well, we were, like, now what are we going to do? We were just starting up this little endeavor that we we, we got up. I mean, you've been doing it for, but when we started started doing these podcasts and having me involved and, and, and all that, we, we were just starting it up. And then, and then COVID happened and we had to navigate through that. But we did. And, and it seems like it's even stronger now than, than ever before, uh, which is saying a lot because you're right, because it seemed like people were – we're not optimistic that that especially this level of hockey would survive survive a pandemic like that where everything was was shut down and programs were not able to play and everything but uh it certainly bounced back and and you know, go back to your point about the the respect i think that ACHA programs like UNLV and like these other teams have gotten um you know ASU and you know who of course has has come from that level and of course have other teams now in the ACHA it's uh it shows. I mean, you know, you have a team like Denver who is going to play UNLV, and they're not just going to play um, just any run-of-the-mill uh, ACHA program. I mean, it, or if they didn't think it was a quality opponent, and uh, you know, obviously Denver will be the will be the bigger match, will be the, the better team uh, in that game because of the, you know, the, the, there's still a, a level difference between the NCAA and the ACHA. But I always keep saying the gap really isn't as far off as it as it once was where like ACHA was just kind of like, oh, we'll just go and, and play and just kind of hang out and have a good time and kind of stuff, and, and uh, which is always interesting because they're paying in a lot of instances to play with those teams, but they're just kind of doing it because it's an opportunity to play hockey and be with some friends and, and do all that, travel a little bit. Uh, but now, of course, we see it, and we see a difference. There's maybe some teams that still treat it that way, but maybe especially the lower divisions, no, no offense to them because there's still some really good uh, level of play at those levels too, but – um, but we see the the focus and the, the the dedication that these programs put in night in and night out, whether it be the coaches, uh, the parents that are, you know support their their, stu their student athletes, the students themselves, and the sacrifices and and the seriousness that they take it. Um, it's that's what makes it has made the ACHA even better uh, than maybe it was before, and so everybody kind of benefits from that too. The league as a whole, it, it looks good. And the teams that are involved, it, it looks good for them is whether they are comfortable and are going to stay at the ACHA level and be a premier team there. Or like we've seen other teams like Lindenwood just recently, Arizona State in the past, you know, he's looking to do it. Maybe other teams in the future want to make it as a stepping stone to the be at the varsity level there at the NCAA level. Well, Penn State was one of the first to do it. Uh, Penn State, Arizona, right. Arizona yeah, State but... followed their lead. Um, so it, it, it can be done. And it kind of brings me back full circle again when we go back to the Adrian story. It's like, you know what? There's an NCAA Division three team there. There's one, two, and three in the men's side. There's an NCAA women's team and a one and a two in the women's ACHA side and the figure skating and all that. So uh, it can definitely work. It can definitely happen. And, and it's good uh, to see the, the women's side growing again, too. We, we mentioned earlier the new teams from the women's side coming in. At the M one or at the W one level, uh, Division one level, and certainly at the other levels too, and and it's uh, exciting there too. And then of course, let's not forget about the two new teams that are joining uh, our coverage area in Oregon and San Diego State. They'll be independents, but they're getting some opportunities to play teams like UNLV and Arizona State and Arizona and uh, teams like that, so they can actually experience what it takes and see what it takes to, to achieve the goals at that level. And I think, uh, you know, 
like I told you about a year and a half ago when I took the, uh, the April trip um, and I said, I just wanted to see how close everything was. It's gotten even closer now. And when I go down and, and watch, uh, like I did at Colorado Springs the last couple of nights and uh, saw what I saw there for kids that were under 17, goodness gracious. I mean, all those kids are about ready to commit to colleges, Stephen, and they're 16 years old. I know. I it's good though. I mean, you gotta be you gotta be thinking about those sort of things now. It, it seems like at a younger age than before. When you're instead of just waiting till your your senior year of high school or whatever, and then trying to think about which which college you're gonna be, uh, you gotta be you gotta be especially if you're a good player and you have a potential to to really do well at the at that level in college. Then you have to start looking even earlier because people uh, maybe you're being seeked out by schools or you're seeking out schools that you like to go to. And, and that uh, process is beginning even earlier where, where teams either want somebody committed or, or somebody wants to commit to, to a school even before, yeah, before they even turn 18. Okay. My final point on this is, and it's kind of a, a blend of the cross pollination again, but um, because of COVID two things happened in my mind, uh, players saw coaches saw administrators saw, that uh, in literally a heartbeat, you can have your livelihoods, if it's hockey or whatever, taken away from you due to something that's completely out of your control. So kudos to everybody that saw it, lived through it, made the best of it, but then said, I don't want to be unprepared again. I, if I'm a hockey player, I want to make sure that I can play hockey um, down the road. If I'm a whatever, a business owner. I want to make sure that my business is pandemic-proof, uh, so to speak. Um, so so I think that's extremely important. And the other thing that happened on it was because extra years of eligibility were granted because of COVID and NCAA and ACHA created a log jam. And I think initially when that happened, we all talked about in the podcast world anyway about oh my goodness, what's going to happen? There's going to be too many players and not enough lockers. Well, um, NCAA teams started to evolve. Uh, Lindenwood, um, LIU, uh, Augustana coming on. So that created more lockers. But then you know what happened? Um, some of these guys made the move, and you're right there in Las Vegas. You see what's happening with UNLV. They're picking up some quality players that are NCAA players because those guys are saying, hey, this isn't so bad. This composition is pretty good. And uh, rather than not playing or sitting and watching somewhere, I'm going to maybe transfer to a program like that where I can uh, play and have some success. And you know what? If they someday go NCAA Division One and I still have eligibility left, man, I just got to start a new program. Well, and you have a chance to compete for a, a championship. And that, I think, is important too. I think you you look at, you know, an ACHA championship is, uh, I mean, I, I was there at the national tournament and, and Lindenwood getting that and, and seeing what they accomplished and how excited they were, they, it meant something to them. It really did. Um, you know, they'd worked for, to, for that moment to be able to do that. And even those guys that aren't going to be around to see the, the team, you know, that are leaving the team before they, they make that move to the, to the NCAA level, uh, you know, they were able to kind of be a part of that. And I think if you have an opportunity, whether it even if it might be at the ACHA level, which again is not not a knockdown anymore, um, it's uh, if you have a chance to go to a team that's really good and has a chance to, to compete for the national tournament uh, championship, uh, I think players, student athletes want that. They want that competitiveness. Uh, they want to be able to play on the highest level where everything everything is at stake. You got to compete for roster time. You got to be able to. Uh, you know, be a, be a part of this team that's going to help you help really make a deep run, if not win a, a championship. Uh, what you know, even if it's at the ACHA level. Very well said. Uh, we got through the late night podcast. Uh, big thanks to uh, University of Arizona coach Chad Berman for for getting his players on. His player on. We'll have the other two next week. I think we're back to a more normal schedule, but. Uh, Brody Selman, thanks for uh, for hanging out late night with us and telling us a story about the Maccabi Maccabi tournament. Is that how we said it was officially pronounced? I thought it was going to be Maccabi. Maccabi. There you go. Maccabi. Just remember, it is like McAfee, McAfee 
The antivirus uh, software, Maccabee. The... Yeah, well, I can remember that. If I can't remember Maccabee, I can't remember McAfee. So there we go. Uh, uh, it's late night. It's 1130 yeah. here in Denver, Colorado. I'm getting ready for bed. Uh, we'll say goodnight. Uh, and a big thank you, like I said, to Brody Selman for staying up late with us and giving us the uh, story. And congratulations again on a gold medal. It doesn't matter what you do or how you do it or what tournament it is. If you win gold, that is an accomplishment. So take it away, my friend. All right, let me get to it here. From the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the University of Arizona. ACHA D1 Hockey, a rich history, past, present, and future. By Summer Skates, whether you choose our original red, a custom logo, or our new black shower shoes, show off your game with style at summerskates.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Uh, oh, what does entertainment destinations better? Uh, UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey, and a world-class education in any of our 300 majors. By M-Drive, real people, real results. Try M-Drive Boost to look and feel your best. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, and I was getting it here. Also, their new location in Henderson, they just opened it on Monday, 308 North Boulder Highway. You can get a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs. This is barbecue, Las Vegas style. Drury Inn & Suites, our quality and value have earned us 16 straight J.D. Power Awards. Book your stay at DruryHotels.com. Liberty University, strengthen your faith, your game, and your education at liberty.edu. And by Burrito Express, authentic Mexican food, fresh from our family recipes with six East Valley locations. Uh, the Great West College Hockey Podcast, all of Ice Time Hockey West's podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn app, anywhere you get your podcasts. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. I will say congratulations again to the, uh, the uh, under-17 team in the Five Nations Tournament for USA. They have two more games to be played, Friday and Saturday. They'll get tomorrow off, and uh, if they get two more wins, they will win the championship. And uh, that is quite a feat as well. Um, I do also want to mention that uh, as things get closer and closer here, there's a lot of golf tournaments, fundraisers going on, so support your teams and uh, get out there and do what you can to uh, help support hockey and grow the great game of this we, uh, we all try to do every week. Yeah, I think, I think next week we'll, we'll kind of go through those again, uh, some of the upcoming uh, golf things. And uh, Utah announced something, too, that's going to be happening in September. I was going to mention it here tonight, but we'll, we'll just tease and we'll do it tomorrow because I know we're all tired. It's late. Scott got, needs to get to bed. So I'm sure Ter Terry needs to get to bed, too, the executive producer of the show. So I need to get to bed, too. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I, One final thing I do need to say, though. Okay. I watched Caleb Heal, a, a friend of uh, a, a new – an old friend who is a new follower that we just connected. Uh, his name is Aaron Broughton, not that Aaron Broughton, but the cousin of the Broughton brothers from uh, Roseau fame. And uh, his son played with Caleb Heal in, uh, in Minnesota. And tonight Caleb stopped the uh, end of the second period penalty shot, which uh, really I thought was a turning point and kept um, – the Team USA undefeated. So congratulations, Caleb. I got the video of it. I put it out there. Uh, it, it's just great to see uh, great connections. The hockey world is very small, and it was great to be able to uh, to video that for them and well, send it out. So, Yeah, and, and I don't want to end on a somber note, but I think you want to mention this too on tonight's uh, oh, show. thank and you. Thank you for remembering that. I'm going to read this statement on the uh, passing of Ben Stelter. The uh, National Hockey League family is deeply saddened by the passing of Ben Stelter, who's a truly special young man whose adoration for the Edmonton Oilers was matched by their love for him. Uh, Ben's courageous uh, fight with brain cancer and his joy when attending Oilers games uh, touched and inspired uh, so many. Uh, we send our heartfelt condolences to the Stelter uh, family and uh, we certainly do as well and, and the people can go online and, and read more about how special this this little young man was and and the courageous battle he had and his love for the oilers and the love that the oilers had for him and it's a, it's a sad sad night for for him but uh, he can return home to 
the great up above and uh, and and be up there, but uh, he will be missed certainly in, in the world and in the hockey world. So Stephen, that was great. I'm glad you remembered that. Uh, it brought us full full spectrum. We lost Vin Scully last week, uh, Ben Stelter uh, this week. Uh, one ninety four. One was I don't know how old Ben was. I should know, but I don't know. Uh, very young child, younger child, uh, that made a huge impact. And I'll just uh, simply close the show by saying. Play La Bamba, baby. Good night, everybody.